0: More than $10 billion is set to be spent building seven new roads the government has labelled nationally significant. Business sees the new expressways as essential.
1: To support New Zealand's long-term economic growth, the uh, transport connections out of our major cities are going to be key to that. But the naysayers haven't gone away.
2: They don't stack up. Public transport, and not just public transport, but other modes of transport, provide New Zealanders with choice.
0: I'm Clint Owens and this Insight explores the development of the Government's flagship road building programme and how the country will pay for it. The seven roads, dubbed as being of national significance, will be built around the country's five major population areas. That means an expressway for Waikato, an eastern link in Tauranga, Wellington gets what's called a Northern Corridor and Christchurch gets better links in and out of the city. In Auckland, nationally significant roading includes the Victoria Park Tunnel, from Puhoi to Wellsford and the completion of the Western Ring route. The Transport Agency Chief Executive at Geoff Dangerfield is in charge of overseeing the projects.
3: One of them is actually complete, that's the Victoria Park Tunnel in Auckland. One's well under construction, that's the Tauranga Eastern Link. It's the new route into the New Zealand's busiest port, Port of Tauranga. And most of the others are either uh, getting through the design phase or we're getting segments of them built. A lot of them are out to construction or parts of construction.
0: In Bay of Plenty, construction of the Tauranga Eastern Link has been underway since 2010, as the Transport Agency's Brett Glidden explains
4: quite a long uh, construction period obviously it's a massive job 450 million so construction will continue through till 2016 and a lot of that's been driven by the environment that we're building on so it's um, it's very soft material and we have to what we do we have to do something called preload the ground first so we have to let it settle before we can build the road on top so it's going to take a wee while but when we get it it'll be worth it.
0: a ceremonial groundbreaking was held this month in Auckland for the Waterview connection. The five-kilometre, six-lane motorway, which will include two 2.4-kilometre tunnels, will link State Highway 16 and 20 and complete the Western Ring route. The $2 billion price tag makes it New Zealand's most expensive roading project. The Prime Minister, John Key, was there to turn the first sod.
5: It's a massive undertaking, we're turning the sod today for the Twin Tunnels, uh, but ultimately this is going to be a piece of roading that connects the CBD with the airport and takes 15 minutes off that transaction. It also works in with the local community, so we've got facilitating all sorts of uh, activities there, but we'll also help and walking and the likes. And it's part of the integrated network of roading and transport solutions that the government has been working on for the last four years, and the previous government had started support on
0: there has been much debate about the merits of spending so much money on seven projects. However, the transport agency's Jeff Dangerfield says the benefits will be many.
3: Well, these roads are associated with where New Zealand has its biggest uh, transport challenges. They're around our biggest metropolitan areas, which are really busy, and they're associated with some of our uh, dangerous roads and black spots but the big fundamental idea here is how can we get a better performing uh, transport system to underpin the, com- the country's economic growth uh, that's why you see the Waikato Expressway, that's why you see the Auckland Western Ring Route the key routes around Christchurch and the rest um, these are really designed to try and improve economic performance
0: He says the first completed road, the Victoria Park Tunnel, is already showing its worth
3: We've seen freeing up of the constraints of traffic on and off the Auckland Harbour Bridge. It'll work even better when we complete the Newmarket Viaduct replacement, which all Aucklanders will see that big blue machine up there, because uh, it's all about how does the central motorway junction and the roads either side of that work effectively. So it's a really busy, perhaps it's the busiest road in all of New Zealand from a traffic count
5: point of view.
0: A spokesman for a residence group, the St Mary's Bay Association, Tony Skelton, says the tunnel has been great for several reasons.
5: Quite a major effect on smoothing out the traffic both into and out of the city during peak hour times. But in addition to that, it has served a purpose of tidying up the area in uh, Victoria Park and through the St Mary's Bay Reserve itself uh, so that it has now become a very good place, recreational space for people to both walk and uh, to exercise their dogs.
0: The Council for Infrastructure Development, which represents 80 private and public sector infrastructure organisations, is a staunch supporter of the new roads. Its chief executive, Stephen Selwood, says this new development is crucial to the economy.
1: To support New Zealand's long-term economic growth, the uh, transport connections out of our major cities are going to be key to that, and particularly when you look at the congestion issues in Auckland, but also the connectivity down to the Waikato and across to the main export port in Tauranga almost a no-brainer case for making sure that those roads are strategically the best that they can be and the same really applies to the corridors in and out of uh, Wellington and Christchurch as well.
0: The Automobile Association says the new expressways will also be a boon for the driving public as its motoring affairs general manager Mike Noon explains.
6: Well first of all they'll actually reduce our road toll and secondly they'll free up um, access to and from our major urban populations so if we're looking at the road out of Wellington through the Levin, um, that is a hugely uh, congested and dangerous road at times. If we look at the road coming out of uh, Auckland through to Hamilton, the, the Waikato Expressway, again a major link, a huge new link if we're looking at Tauranga. Christchurch is the road that will service, uh, the Christchurch runs, will service where the population has moved, which is out west. And maybe the one that um, is most maligned, uh, the road to Northland, which is... Uh, we think, very poorly named in terms of being called the Holiday Highway. That's extremely offensive if you live in Northland. You know, here we have a whole region which is being strangled for decades because of access, and we see that road as being, opening up a, a link right through to Wangarei and opening up the economic prospects and benefit of Northland. It's also a really dangerous road that needs to be fixed for safety reasons.
0: The trucking industry says with freight movements expected to increase by 70% in the next 25 years, New Zealand needs roads capable of handling extra capacity. The Road Transport Forum Chief Executive Ken Shirley says people should not look at these new expressways and think roads versus rail. He says a report from the Productivity Commission supports the need for both.
4: Only somewhere between 5 and 7% of road freight is contestable by rail. So um, both have to expand and uh, we know that we need improved roading to give us the interconnectivity between the provinces so that our exports can get to market more efficiently, so that we don't have congestion on our roads. Uh, All all these things are very important. Uh, John Kennedy said it best, it's not our wealth that built our roads, but it's our roads that built our wealth.
0: But not everyone is enamoured with the projects. The Green Party says billions of dollars are being poured into roads that just aren't needed. Its transport spokesperson Julianne Genta says the case just hasn't been made.
7: How is a motorway transformational for the economy? That's not a question that we've seen answered in any documents from NZTA or the government. What we have seen is repetition of the statement, these projects have been identified for their economic value, but there's been no actual analysis or justification to support that claim and i think that's the question that everybody should be asking themselves because you know back in back in the 50s and 60s when we first started seeing the introduction of urban motorways it was a completely untested transport solution and i think after 50 years we have a lot of evidence to say that actually in a lot of scenarios it doesn't work it doesn't have the desired impact we have a transport system that's excessively reliant on vehicles now and that limits people's choices and increases the cost for households and business. That means that we have an opportunity to spend a lot less money um, on smarter projects that actually will get more bang for their buck in terms of reducing transport costs.
0: The Labour Party transport spokesperson Phil Twyford is of a similar
5: view. Labor's not against building roads and uh, we're certainly for building a 21st century transport system but unfortunately the roads of national significance have been an exercise in hubris by this government it's a massive uh, spending program mostly poor quality spending that will come to be a millstone around the neck of the taxpayer in this country and uh, so we while we support some of the individual roads of national significance we are highly critical of the way this government has gone about uh, kind of road building on steroids you could call it
0: the Transport Minister, Jerry Brownlee, says the arguments by opposition political parties are irrational. I'm surprised by
8: Labour more, I think, because you know, as a, as a party likely to lead in government at some point, uh, you'd expect them to have an understanding that having strong infrastructure is, uh, is, is good for your economy. And in the end, uh, all that you want to do for social services, uh, schools, hospitals, welfare, retirement income, etc., all is dependent upon how strongly your economy is operating. These roading projects will significantly insist the productivity capacity of New Zealand to lift. From that perspective, they are very sound infrastructure investments that will serve the country for decades to come.
0: For every dollar spent on the new roads, the Transport Agency estimates there will be a return of just under $2 worth of benefits. The Smart Transport Network represents a dozen mostly transport lobby groups. Its coordinator, Sylvia Zür says the benefit-cost ratios are poor by international standards.
2: That's the average across all of them. When you look at the most expensive ones, for example, the Puhoi one or the, um, the Northern Corridor, for example, the Kapiti Expressway, there the BCR is way lower. So what they've done is by putting it in a package, you could look at it and it makes sense. But when you start looking at them individually, it doesn't actually make sense.
0: The Transport Agency says each road has to be looked at as a complete corridor And not just piece by piece, as Geoff Dangerfield explains.
3: Um, It's a bit like building a house. You know, if you if you did a you know an assessment of every room in a house, well, let's cut off the kitchen because it costs too much. You haven't got a house. So we have to look at actually the functionality of the routes end to end. You know, we're trying to build a decent corridor from the Wellington Airport to you know 100 kilometres north of that. Uh, The corridor adds up from a benefit cost perspective under some pretty stringent conditions you know and that's all about how we value the future so we're actually you know being very demanding about how we bring those all those that future stream of benefits into today's terms many other countries have much lower requirements around that than we do
0: motu economic and public policy research which is a non-profit research institute has done work in the area of cost benefit ratios One of its senior fellows, Arthur Grimes, says such ratios don't always give the complete picture.
4: They're a useful input, but they shouldn't be taken as the only or even the main guide to developing a transport network. They tend to be done on a piece-by-piece basis, if you like, a road-by-road basis, which misses some of the systemic benefits of of developing an entire roading network. And uh, they also tend to be based on very conservative ways of analysing the benefits. They don't tend to include major changes in city development or something, for instance, that could be affected by the road itself. So, you know, on balance, I think the cost-benefit ratios are conservative. The benefits are... Probably going to be higher than what have been modelled so far. On the Kapiti Coast,
0: benefit cost ratios are the furthest thing from Pat and Janice Grimshaw's mind. The elderly couple have lived in their peaceful Pada Umu home for the past nine years. When the Mackay's to Peka, Peka section of the Wellington Northern Corridor is built, they will be just 50 metres from the edge of the expressway. The group, Save Kapiti, estimates more than 1,000 homes in the area will be within 200 metres of the new road. It's not something Janice Scrimshaw is looking forward to.
2: We're very angry, not just for because we live so close, but we just think it'll just be such an eyesore in the district. Totally ruin this lovely district we live in. It'll be something that people want to get through quick, smart, I would think, rather than stay here and enjoy the beach and the towns. We'll be living indoors, I imagine and, and uh, be it'll just change everything it will just when we know a uh, peaceful home to live in it will be ghastly be noisy and polluting well everyone will go through a lot of stress I imagine just being in an environment like that that an expressway pro- will produce.
0: she says house prices in the area will no doubt be affected.
2: who would want to move in to an area like that? you can't go outside without shouting and smelling all these fumes and vibration. There will be vibration as well. It has to be. We should take a step back to a little bit the way things used to be nice. When you can come to an area and find something like this that's peaceful and nice to be in, and um, then it's going to be destroyed and become anything but peaceful and nice to be in.
0: The group, Save Company recently presented a 4,000-signature petition to Parliament calling for the expressway option to be ditched. Its spokesperson, Jonathan Gradwell takes me to an area of Waikanae that will be cut in half by the expressway.
9: So we're travelling down Timwaina Road, which is the main east-west road from the town centre to the sea. It's the name and Waikanae. And as we go into this slow bend here, this is actually going to be the site of a major intersection. There's only two proper intersections on the route of the expressway, two full intersections, and one of them is here, so all the houses around us, the road will actually come through this purpose-built cafe on the left-hand side.
0: Jonathan Grantwell says other options need to be considered.
9: There are better and cheaper alternatives available to the government to deal with the roading issues we've got. The problem on the Kampati Coast is the confounding of local traffic with what we call the national or state highway traffic. We only have one road and that narrows down to a bottleneck one lane bridge in either direction. And that causes congestion at some points. But when you actually separate out local from national traffic, the national traffic component is relatively small. It is in fact a local roading issue, not a national roading issue. And a combination of a local road with all its flexibility and its many on and off points is the best solution for our community and then that would cost about $200 million. When you add the necessary improvements to the state highway, which are roughly are around two large intersections and an extra bridge crossing, that's about another 100000000 million. You're contrasting the same results, the same benefits for $300 million with the current proposal which is to put That motorway, come expressway, right in the heart of our community at a cost of $650 million. It simply doesn't make sense.
0: The scale of spending since 2009 has been significant. $216 million has been spent on design and investigation work for five of the roads, of which $200 million has gone to consultants. That number could double in the next few years. Information obtained by Radio New Zealand under the Official Information Act also shows more than $8 million have been spent on public relations and consultation. More than $3 million of that has been spent on the Wellington Northern Corridor, including $850,000 for the MacKayeas to Pika, Pika section. Save Kapiti's Jonathan Gradwell says he's shocked and calls it an out-and-out propaganda
5: campaign. Phil Twyford of the Labour Party agrees. NZTA is using taxpayers' money, more than $8 million, on spin-doctoring what are increasingly unpopular and economically dubious state highway projects. The roads of national significance have become a byword for waste and low-value public spending. And, you know, trying to paper over the cracks with $8 million worth of public relations consultants is not going to convince an increasingly sceptical public
0: but Jeff Dangerfield of the Transport Agency says the level of spending on PR and consultation is appropriate.
3: Well, communities these days want to be engaged and involved in the design of you know, major, intru- major pieces of infrastructure that affect them. So we've really worked hard to lift our game on that. And again, you know, we don't have a standing army of people to do that. We engage with other people to, to help us with that community consultation right through to open days and all of that stuff. So, um, you know, that's what's required these days to meet the right uh, well, right standard of community engagement.
0: While vast sums are being spent on the roads of national significance, doubt remains over their affordability. Transport Agency and Transport Ministry documents from the past two years show there could be a funding shortfall for transport projects of between $500 million and $2.5 billion this decade. One of those documents says beyond 2012 The roading program places demands on the National Land Transport Fund it cannot meet, and that the transport agency might have to reschedule other state highway projects to stay within budget. Already the government has held or cut many areas of transport spending. The local government New Zealand president, Lawrence Yule, says the flat funding for local road maintenance and renewal is hurting councils all around the
4: country. If I named a single issue that is most concerning to them, it's this one. Uh, it's even greater than the local government reform package is going at the moment. Rural and provincial councils are extremely concerned about what's happening. They've spent years building up assets. Uh, their local communities have funded them. They've got good quality roads in many cases that they're worried about deteriorating over time. And local government New Zealand accepts that the government has a priority at the moment about uh, building roads of national significance. It also accepts because of the recession there is less money coming in through excise tax and vehicle user charges. What it's saying though is if in fact this current trend of very flat line funding for local roads continues, uh, then our, our assets will, will deteriorate. Some of them are in fact starting to deteriorate and this needs to be addressed by the government.
0: The Transport Minister Jerry Brownlee says local roads are adequately funded. The reality is that we're spending 29% of the budget on
8: the roads of national significance and 26% of the budget on the maintenance of, of local roads. So I don't think there's a huge disparity there or an overemphasis on the new roads. We're certainly recognising the responsibility to maintain roads.
0: In July, the Transport Agency scaled back the northernmost section of the Wellington Northern Corridor to save $300 million. The Ōtaki to Levin section will be on the existing State Highway 1 route, which will be upgraded, but not turned into four lanes as originally planned. The youth organisation Generation Zero, which is calling for a rebalancing of the transport budget, says it was a smart move, as its spokesperson Paul Young explains.
1: The Otaki to Live In situation again shows that there are much more economical options available that we could probably find uh, many more of these if we, if we looked. So, yeah, it's really a question for New Zealand to decide whether it wants to go down the path of spending huge amounts of money on gold-plated highways or invest in improving the infrastructure we've got and giving a lot more to alternatives which we think could actually deliver a lot, a lot of benefits for this money.
0: The Greens' Julianne Genta expects a domino effect following the Ōtaki to live announcement.
7: I think we're going to see the same thing with Pūhoi to Wellsford. I think we're going to see the Warkworth to Wellsford section is going to be a major upgrade to the existing road rather than a new alignment because it's not going to be justifiable on the basis of the traffic volumes or even future growth. When they'll make that announcement, who knows? Maybe they'll wait till after the next election. (laughs) Who knows? But the transport
0: agency says there are no plans to pare back any of the other roads. Jeff Dangerfield says there isn't a funding problem and the National Land Transport Fund is coping with the demands being placed on it.
3: That's because the government is actually putting more money uh, into the pot. So just on the beginning of this month, 1st of August, uh, the level of fuel excise duty and the level of road user charges is just notched up, a couple of cents a litre, and that's all about creating uh, more funding for these and other projects.
0: In the last week, the Transport Minister, Gerry Brownlee, tabled an amendment bill that would allow the Transport Agency to borrow large sums of money for land transport projects. Currently, the agency spends fuel tax and registration revenue as it comes in. Mr Brownlee says the change is needed. We have done roads in New Zealand, built
8: roads in New Zealand in the past, uh, by borrowing money. The most recent example is the Northern Gateway, north of Auckland. Uh, it's a toll road. The previous government borrowed to fund that toll road, and then of course that is paid off through the toll process, etc., Currently, if you do uh, borrowing for roads that are built like that, you have to do that outside of the National Land Transport Fund. All we're saying is, well, let's make sure that you can do that in the future inside the National
0: Land Transport Fund to create greater flexibility. Just another another tool in the box, if you like. The Road Transport Forum's Chief Executive, Ken Shirley, is applauding the move,
4: saying the pay-as-you-go system is woefully inadequate. That is suitable for minor projects, and it's suitable for renewal and maintenance, but it's not an ideal funding model for long term major intergenerational projects. And I think what government needs to do is look at other means of complementary funding to augment the National Land Transport Fund uh, for these big projects. Because one of the consequences of this ambitious, ambitious program is that it's sucking all the available money and there's flatline funding for renewal and maintenance. And that is also a concern to us. We we want the big projects and we need the big projects, but we have to also maintain uh, what we have and do do the um, passing lanes and the reseals and work like that.
0: But Labor's Phil Twyford says the amendment bill is an admission the government's road building binge has pushed the transport budget past breaking point.
5: This is a really disturbing development. When it comes to road building, this government's spending is completely out of control they've basically drained the bank account and now they want access to the credit card. And to be honest, it's time for the New Zealand public to say enough is enough and take the car keys away.
0: Labour says it would be alarmed if the government also turned towards tolling to fund its new highways. At present, just one of the seven roads will be tolled: the Tauranga Eastern Link. The Transport Agency's Jeff Dangerfield says tolling remains an option for other new roads.
3: Tolling has been thought about for Transmission Gully, for example, but we haven't done any in-depth work on that just yet. Peerhal to Walsford is another one that we will think about in tolling because that will be, you know, a logical extension of a tolled route there already.
0: The New Zealand Chambers of Commerce spokesperson, Michael Barnett, says tolling makes sense if the transport budget can't cope.
2: It's probably time that New Zealand bit the bullet on tolls. and. You know, when I have a look at almost every other country in the world, there's some measure of tolling or some form of other contributions so that road users are meeting a fair and equitable share of the costs. We probably are also going to need to have a look at public-private partnerships and, and the way that they may contribute to the completion of some of these projects and take pressure off central government's purse.
0: Stephen Selwood of the Council for Infrastructure Development
1: agrees. To us it makes no sense at all to be funding 100 plus year investments which is what these uh, Roads of National Significance are out of today's cash flow. It's kind of like building your house board by board or brick by brick as you get your weekly pay packet. You know most people take out a mortgage um, and they use the income over time to repay that debt And, and that would be the logical way that we would fund the Roads of National Significance. So we're are pushing very strongly to government uh, that they should be looking at long-term debt to fund these major long-term capital infrastructure projects and supporting that with direct charges of road users, be it through tolls on new roads, or in fact we're even arguing for a network uh, toll in Auckland to provide the revenue stream that services that debt.
0: But the Greens' Julianne Genter says it would be disappointing if the country was ever in that situation.
7: I think that the roads of national significance, as they're called, are a bit of a missed opportunity, and we're going to look back uh, 10 years from now and think, gosh, that money could have been spent in much better ways. So these particular motorway projects that are left are extremely expensive. They're sucking up a huge portion of the transport budget that's not going to be spent on other higher-value, smarter projects. And I think that New Zealand is really going to miss out on the opportunity to create a more resilient transport network.
0: Whether future funding comes from fuel tax, tolls, or loans, it will be the motorist footing the bill. I'm Clint Owens, and that's Insight for this week. If you would like to contact us, you can send an email to insight at radionz.co.nz or tweet us at rnzinsight. I wrote and presented that program. It was produced by Philip Atolli, with technical production by Chris Adams.